Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. And uh, these Bibles that are blue, uh, these are the Bibles that we purchased for the Wapak Nativity that was in December. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, take it. This is yours. It's free. If you know someone that doesn't have a Bible, take it. Give it to them. We will refill it. This is for you to use, but it's also for you to give and take with you. And so open up to uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. And we're going to hit three scriptures this morning. They will be up on the screen, but Hebrews chapter 1. Then you're going to take a left turn to Colossians chapter 1. And then you're going to go to John 17. So we got three particular scriptures that we're going to read. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 20. And John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23 or 24. And uh, as you're looking for that, I would ask that you repeat after me. Image is everything. Now, I know you guys are pretty good. You were really good last week. Let's try it one more time. Image is everything. Man, Brenda, you're awesome. I love it. Man, she's up here yelling. Great. That's awesome. Image is everything. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And through him, he, Jesus, made the universe. The key verse here for today, verse 3. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. Image is everything. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things are held together. Man, He's glue. This is awesome. He is the head of the body, the church, that's you. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So, that in everything he might have the supremacy. 
Key verse, verse 15 and 19. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, or by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Image is everything. John chapter 17, verse 20. And just context with this verse, this is Jesus' prayer, his last prayer around the table with his disciples at what we call the Last Supper. Right after this moment, he's going to depart with his disciples and go to the Mount of Olives to Gethsemane. And he prays this. We're jumping right in the middle of his prayer. My prayer is not for them alone, them being the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That would be you and me. That all of them, all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, and in them, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Heavenly Father, we ask that the Word unpack us today. We ask that your Holy Spirit do the work that He has been asked to do. Convict our hearts. Move our hearts. Sanctify our hearts. Bring us knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Father, may we, may we be listeners to your Word today, but also may we be doers of the word that has been given to us. We're primed and we're ready, Jesus. We want you. We need you. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we ask these things today. Amen. Image is everything. One more time. Say it with me. Image is everything. Jesus Christ. It said in the scripture that we read, the sun is the radiance of God's glory, an exact representation of his being. He is the image of the invisible God. And God was well pleased for Jesus to have God all in his business, all up in him. When we think of Christmas, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We often think of the divinity of Jesus Christ incarnate. But when we think of Jesus Christ walking among people, man, He's all this full human. But you know what? Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human all at the same time. He is the exact representation of God. When we look at that word image and representation, here's a little Bible nerd for you. Not to impress you, but to imprint on you. Those two words have to do with Jesus being in likeness and the icon, the true likeness of God. 
exact representation. Philip, one of Jesus' own disciples, having been with Jesus for about three years, right at the close of his ministry, said, Jesus, hey, show us the Father. And if I were Jesus, I probably would have been a little bit taken back and been a little bit like, come on, bro. Philip, you've been with me. I would have probably chastised him, but thank goodness I'm not Jesus. And thank goodness Jesus was there because Jesus said, Philip, have you not known me? When you see me, you see the Father. That's paraphrased version. When you look at me, you see God the Father. How can you ask that question? Jesus is the exact representation. The exact representation. The image of the invisible God. Prior to Jesus coming to earth as that most vulnerable baby, we have to remember and think in terms of fellowship, communion, and connection. Because before the earth was created, before the universe was spoken into existence, Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit fellowshiped with one another. There was community. There was communion. There was connection between the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That community continued. That connection continued when Jesus was here on the earth. We know this because Jesus had a pattern to his life. His pattern was prayer. When you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those narratives of Jesus' life, his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection, we see this pattern unfold before our very eyes as we read all of these, these Gospels. And it becomes very clear. Even before you begin through the book of Mark, we find that Jesus himself, very early in the morning, goes out before the rays of sunlight hit the darkness, and he's out praying. He leaves the house, and he's praying in the morning. His disciples go looking for him. We also find in Luke that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. That lonely places, it actually means wilderness. He would go out into the desert, into the wilderness, and pray, and have communion, and connection, and community with the Father. He was tapped into God. This pattern continues throughout his ministry. We find that even in pivotal moments, Jesus is in communion, in community, in connection with the Father. We often think of Jesus calling those disciples, but we often forget that Jesus had a lot of people hanging out with him and following him. More than just 12. And there was this pivotal moment where Jesus goes up onto a mountainside. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went up on the mountainside to pray, and he was there all night long. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose the twelve. 
other pivotal moments for Jesus that we see this pattern. The feeding of the 5,000. It was a long day of ministry for the disciples. And it was a long day for Jesus because he had already heard word that his cousin John the Baptist has lost his head at the hand of Herod. But there was a crowd that needed fed. And so he told his disciples to feed him. So we have this long day of ministry and Jesus tells his disciples to get into the boat to go to the other side and he goes through the greeting line, kind of like at a wedding, shaking everybody's hands, kissing babies, sending them off. And when the dismissal was done, Jesus goes up onto a mountainside. And what does he do? Prays. Notice what follows after that. As his disciples are in the boat, the waves are buffeting the boat. They're not going anywhere. Next thing you know, Jesus is walking on the waves. Two pivotal moments in Jesus' ministry. He calls the disciples, he walks on water. Wait for it. Just a little bit later, after about eight days, it says, Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, and John, and he took them up on a mountain. This mountain, more than likely, was Mount Hermon, the very beginning of the waters of the Jordan, of the Sea of Galilee, and the Dead Sea. And he's on this mountain, and he's praying. And as he was praying, in the act of prayer, in the community, in the connection, in the communion with the Father, something happens. Jesus Christ himself is transfigured. They get a good picture of the future Jesus, meaning the glorified Jesus. Peter, James, and John see this face of brightness, as bright as lightning. His clothing changes. And he has a conversation with Elijah and Moses. And in the midst of the cloud, we hear this voice, the voice of the Father, telling him how pleased he is in the Son. Communion, connection, community with the Father. Notice, it was in the pattern of his life, prayer. Community with the Father. That which he continued to sustain in his life. We read the prayer. We read the towards the end of the prayer in John 17 that was the longest recorded prayer of Jesus after that moment they got up from the table and they started to trek through the Kidron Valley and up the Mount of Olives to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus wrestles he wrestles with the Father's will like all of us do right the flesh was unwilling but the spirit and he succumbed to the father's will but see we often compartmentalize the garden of gethsemane and think that this is the moment this is the only moment that he was there but luke it seems like luke is the one that is so entirely focused on the fact that jesus is praying luke tells us that jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. It seems that any time Jesus was down 
in Jerusalem or the area of Judea. This was a place that he would go. I had a cemetery that I would go to in Xenia. It was on the top of a hill overlooking 35. And I would sit on that hill, and that was my place of prayer, and I'd look out on the traffic. That's where I met with God often when I was younger, in my adult years. This was Jesus' place, the Mount of Olives. Is it any wonder that Judas, coming to betray Jesus, knew exactly where he would be? Because Jesus went there as usual, and his disciples went with him. This pattern of prayer in the life of Jesus that he's communing with the Father. No wonder. He said, if you see me, you see the Father. Because they were one as he prayed. Father, may they be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. Community, connection, communication, communion. So, is it any wonder that of all the things, all the things that the disciples witnessed and watched Jesus do? I mean, think about it for a second. What did the disciples get to see Jesus do? Water to wine. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's a really cool miracle. That could be actually very profitable, right? Line my pocket. What about five loaves and two fish? feeding definitely more than 5,000 people. That's a really cool miracle. I'd like to know how to do that. Solve world hunger, rich man. How about raising the dead? Never seen that before. But guess what? They got to. More than once. They got to see Jesus heal the lame the leper, cast out demons from the demoniac. Of all the things that the disciples witnessed, were a part of, watched, heard, you know what they asked for? They asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I often wondered why. I always thought it was interesting that they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I use that in our eight-week Bible studies. Focus in on, hey, this this is what they do. Teach us how to pray. But why? Well, this guitar, this is not my guitar. This is Matthew's guitar. It's a really nice guitar. And it has really great action. At least that's what Jay told me. Great action on the fretboard. See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really just learning guitar. 
But I would often go into Matthew's office, and of all the things that were in his office, I mean, he's got comic books galore, Batman all over. I mean, comic book heroes are, are just splattered all over his, his office. He's got, he's got military uh, coins, which are really, really awesome, and he's got a lot of books. But this guitar sat there on a stand looking very pretty. And it was, it's, it's the attractive thing for a little child. Dino and Oliver go in and, and they'd strum it. But I would often say, Matthew, and, and I would personify the guitar. I'd say, Matthew, that guitar just wants to be played. Just wants to be played. And in all reality, it was designed. It was designed not to sit in a guitar stand, right? When the wood was fashioned together and glued together and put together and had this nice little polish on there, it was designed so that you would strum the strings and the vibrations of those strings would go throughout the instrument and the sound waves would tickle your ears. And then we'd have music. It was designed to be played. Biblical perfection is not what we often think what biblical perfection is. You're perfect. Biblical perfection is actually fulfilling the purpose for which something is created and designed for. So when, we'll use this loosely, when the guitar is strummed and played, it's fulfilling the purpose for which it was designed. Now Hendrix lit his on fire. The who destroyed him, right? That wasn't the purpose for which they were designed and created, right? That was a little theatrics. You and I were designed to fulfill a purpose. See, the disciples, the reason that they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, it was because of their design. talking about the image of God and being created in the likeness of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. And it's repeated in the first several chapters of Genesis. You and I are created in the image and the likeness of God. We are not just mere physical body, but our essence is spirit. And our design, we're created to commune, connect, and have community with the Father. And so when Peter, James, John, Simon, Thaddeus, and the rest of the crew saw Jesus in lonely places, communing and connecting, And there were those pivotal moments in his ministry 
as a result of prayer. And they listened to that prayer before they got up from the table. There was something in them. It was their spirit. Longing to have communion and connection and community with the Father. That's why they wanted to know how to pray. Because that's what they were designed to do to fulfill their purpose was to communicate and connect with the Father. It's like a son or a daughter from birth being separated from their parents. And as they go about their life, they just long to know where they came from. They wanted to be with their parents and know their history. And the disciples, when they saw Jesus was praying and He finished their prayer, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And in other words, they were saying, God, I just want Him so bad. I want to know Him. And before you begin to ask that question, well, isn't Jesus the image of the invisible God? He's right there before Him. God in flesh, right there incarnate. Don't forget that Jesus said, it is better that I go away. That my spirit can come and live within you. You and I, created in the image of God, if we have Jesus Christ in our life, we have His Spirit and we can have this connection, this community, this prayer. So the disciples wanted to pattern their life after the image of the invisible God because they were created in the image of God. And they longed for it. They wanted it so Folks, Jesus Christ died. He literally died. So that we might be able to have communion, connection, community with the Father. So, we changed the pattern today. The pattern of our worship gathering. Normally, right now, I would be getting up and preaching. But I'm ending here very shortly. So today, what we're going to do is, here in a few minutes, I'm going to ask that the team come up. And we're going to go into worship. But I'd like to direct you to not only worship today, but to connect, to commune with the Father, to pray. And if you're wondering, oh, I don't really, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what to pray for. Got you covered. We're going to first pray for our hearts. So if you would like to know, take a picture with your phone. This is really good. Take a picture with the phone. There's going to be four slides that I'm going to have up here. Pray for your heart. And I've often heard and been told by several, many people, Pastor, I feel really selfish praying for me when I should be praying for other people, right? Quite frankly, praying for your heart 
is the most selfless thing that you can do. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God, did the most selfless thing that he could do. He gave his life, right? So if we're praying for our heart to a God who is full love, full holy, your heart begins to become more and more like his, and therefore your life becomes more and more selfless. Pray for your heart. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Show me my heart. Convict me of sin. Tender my heart to your spirit. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Transform me into your character. Create within me a new heart. Most of this is from Scripture. So as you're praying these things, these are Scripture. Pray for your mind. This is the battlefield, right? This is the battlefield. This is where we lose the battle or win the battle in our mind. God, renew me by renewing my mind. Help me meditate on those things that are yours. Give me the mind of Christ. Help me distinguish my negative and destructive thought patterns, that those may be transformed into positive and godly patterns. God, renew my mind. Don't know what to pray for? Pray for your heart and pray for your mind. Oh, but wait for it. There's more. It's like the sham wow. There's more. Dangerous prayers. Folks, we need a church that quits praying safe prayers. Stop it. Stop. Be dangerous. Take the risk. There are people that are dying that need the Lord. And you need to be transformed more like His. God, use me. Use me. Utilize me. Send me for your purpose, not my own. I'm willing. Make me bold and courageous. Dangerous prayers, folks. It's time. It's time to get up off off our, our rear and get on our knees and pray. Pray some seriously dangerous prayers in our life. Lastly, pray over the church, particularly Wapak Naz today. Pray over your church today. I'm asking that you pray over your church. And if you're listening online, whatever church you're connected to, pray for that church. That we may be unified in our faith, in our heart, in our mind, in our mission. Sandy, your team can come on up. That we expand our capacity to love. Love, agape love. God's love, not your own. Not a physical, fleshly love. Expand our capacity to lead and influence in our community. In Wapakoneta, we exist on the corner of Court and Benton Street for a reason. To impact our community. To rise up servants that are willing to do the work. To equip and develop folks. Continually fill us with His Spirit. We need His Spirit. Folks, those are the things that I'm asking. That we pray for, not just today, but continually. And if those don't float your boat... Commune with the Father. Listen to Him. So, we're going to go into worship. But I challenge you to go into prayer as we worship today. The altar's open. But if you don't feel comfortable coming to the altar, turn around in your pew. Get on your knees. That's okay. And actually, some of you have a whole pew to yourself. You can lay on the pew. That's okay. Feel free to connect with your creator because that's the way you were designed.
Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you, and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.